Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast. My name is Peter Rosenberg. I am joined by the stat guy, the statless one, Tony Statless. Stat guy, Greg, and we're here to break down Hell in a Cell, do some mailbag, get you through your ride home, your weekend uh your weekend trip back to visit mom and dad, these annoying subway trips uh to work in the city, whatever it is you have to do, we're here for you. Greg, how are you? Oh yeah, I'm doing great, Peter. Um good to be back here. You're fantastic, you're saying. Oh yeah. Um did you have anything exciting happen this week? You're now recovered from Greg History Week? Well, that's what it is. I'm recovered. Like, getting back, I needed a couple of days to, like, that jet lag hit for real this time. It usually doesn't, but this time it it caught me. I couldn't escape it. But it now I'm repug. back. I'm feeling like myself. Yeah, it was 100% repug. Um, so it's just good to be back feeling like myself. All right. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that, SGG. We, um, we were all worried about your jet lag. Was something I spend a lot of time concerned about over the weekend um, when I was traveling. Because you're, you're, you're a good friend. You're well, a good friend. That's why. Exactly right. So you're damn right I was worried. So here's what I was thinking we we do. Thinking we just break down the pay-per-view, which as a result will really lead us to the things we want to talk about with regard to TV. Then we do some uh, Black Power rankings and close out with some mailbag. What are your thoughts? How could anyone object to that? They, they couldn't. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. That's how you email Rosenberg Radio or at StatGuyGreg on the Twitter or Instagram vehicles as well. And um, we will start off. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the results here from Hell in a Cell. Greg, wait. Is, first off, is there anything big outside the ring we need to hit or jump right into the pay-per-view? Well, apparently Alexa Bliss was injured at the pay-per-view. We can get into that um, while we discuss, you know, the results and the happenings. And also, Rey Mysterio apparently signed a two-year deal with WWE. Yeah, that's what I read earlier today. A reportedly deal with Rey Mysterio. So we'll see see what's up with that. Um, I'm going to start off on the kickoff show. And say, I got to tell you, and I know it sounds convenient to say, and I probably would have kept my mouth shut if I didn't feel this way, but I got to tell you, I thought Coach at the helm for the kickoff show was a really great way to use Coach. Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, it it feels like an obvious switch now that they did it. Um, him doing the kickoff show panel and Renee um, at the announce table, because it feels like both of them are able to play to their strengths more in their new roles. Um, and granted, Renee was doing a phenomenal job at hosting the kickoff panels, but this feels like a better fit for Coach. Yeah, it actually does. Um, as good as Renee was at, at it, and she's so good at it, I think she's better suited in the um, commentary role. I mean, don't get me wrong. she still has She still has work to do. Obviously, she's brand new to something that is a really complicated thing. And she was so effortless and great on the kickoff show. But in terms of where they both will eventually end up, 
I think it'll look like, oh, wow, Coach should have always been doing kickoff shows. Renee should have always been on commentary when we get there. But it was it was really a treat um, working with him. Um, I thought he was really good. So shout-out to Coach who held it down. Shout-out to Paige, too, who I thought did a nice job getting thrown into that spot for the first time. And then, of course, my guys, Otunga and Booker T. And if you're a true member of the Cheap Heat universe, of course, you've already watched the kickoff show. But if not... It's on the network or it's on YouTube, wherever you want to watch it. I said on the kickoff show, SGG, um, that I thought Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton might steal the pay-per-view, and I don't think I was wrong. Um, I really, I don't think you were wrong either. I really enjoy, I really have enjoyed Jeff and Randy. It's probably, maybe it's over now, but like, it was so graphic. The weird stuff they constantly did with Jeff's ear it kind of nauseated me. But that is also kind of awesome to me. Um, and then, and then Jeff's spot in, you know, the, using the top of the cage to rock back and forth and fly down, thought was pretty dope. I, I enjoyed their match. Yes, yeah, same. Um, and that match was the one that took me on like the roller coaster of emotions the most out of every match and every storyline going into it. Cause two, you remember at Cheap Heat Live, he told us basically like, He'd never been in a Hell in a Cell, and he wanted to go into one just so he could do something crazy. And um, I thought that was crazy in and of itself, but it didn't matter then because the match wasn't announced. And then it gets announced, and it's like, oh, damn, something crazy is going to happen. And then Paige announces that it's going to go on first, and then you're like, okay, they can't get that crazy if it's going on first because they're not going to let them bust up the cell that they have to use later on in the match. But then as the match progresses and you see like, Randy's getting whipped with that belt and you know they're bleeding from everywhere and like a Randy's leg gets that huge gash and yeah. and he does the screwdriver spot through the gaping earlobe oh. and it's just like it just I'll gets you what more it was. and more brutal and I'm just like yeah it these guys brutal. are crazy <laughs> so yeah and I, I thought even it was him going through the table too like yeah, it was. It, what else could he have done? It he was, had to. He had to drop. It was decidedly the uh, the better of the of the Hell in a Cell matches. Um, you know, if I was to be critical of both Cell matches, I would say that like I don't know. It seems weird to me that Hell in a Cell seems to also require being like extreme rules and using like tables and weapons and stuff. It seems like we used to only need the Cell. And being around the cell. And now it seemed like they were both like extreme rules TLC matches inside the cell. Yeah. Which I, I thought was a little repetitive. Um, but I thought Jeff and Randy were really good. Um, Jeff's the man. Really, really cool dude. If you haven't heard him back on our, uh, SummerSlam Cheap Heat Live, you should go back. He was such a, such a great guest. Um, I have a question for you. Um, sure. You're actually the perfect person to ask this question. I was wondering, when I saw the red cell, I wasn't sure, like, why they did it. And then I hypothesized that maybe they did it because it gives better visibility um, through the cell. So, like, what was that like looking at the cell and, like, trying to watch the match? Was it distracting being there live or was it, like, did you notice better visibility compared to the regular cell structure that we're used to or did you not notice it i don't th i didn't watch either cell match in the audience um in the audience i watched the tag match 
um, the Dean and uh, Seth tag match, and I watched AJ and Joe, um, and a little bit of Becky and Charlotte. But I so I didn't see it. Um, my I think they just did it to switch it up. I think that was it. You know, it, it get people excited for something different. Like you know, I was like texting with Sam because Sam Roberts was so geeked about the cell. And I was like, oh, dude, this must be like an action figure thing. Like, you must be more into it because you're into action figures. And that means there's going to be like a cell, a red cell action figure. Because to me, it didn't mean that much that the cell switched colors. Okay, that action figure thing actually makes a lot of sense, too. I was just assuming that actually that makes more sense than what I was assuming <laughs> that they cared about like the visibility and the audience seeing being able to see I, I don't it. think it made it more visible I, I don't I mean on TV it didn't to me um, it, it was neat change of pace the universal titles read I don't know um, it was a cute like thing to have to mention you know like even on the kickoff show we only mentioned it like one time it's not like we sat there harping on it um, you know it was for a different I think it was for a different kind of fan. Smarky smarks, regular kids, nerds, jocks. <laughs> okay, so we move on to Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And I want to use this moment to talk about the match and also, more importantly to me, Becky's work on Tuesday. As of this very moment when I'm recording, Thursday, September 20th, at 6.45 p.m. Eastern Time in New York City, I believe Becky Lynch is the most entertaining thing in WWE at this very moment. I thought her, the match was great, solid work that you expect from Becky and Charlotte, but more so, Tuesday night, she started really becoming... Whoever this evil Becky Lynch is, the sarcastic sort of laughing at Charlotte and just how obnoxious she was. And she really does appear like a friend who has just changed and just become bad. Mm -hmm. And she, like a true heel, she fights to be booed. You know, people want to cheer her because she they love her and she's so good at it. But she's so damn good at it that even when they start out cheering her, she usually ends up making it mostly booze when it's all said and done. I am astounded by how good she's been. If for some reason you don't watch SmackDown because you're warped into that way of thinking of, you know, Raw's in your schedule and you just don't have time for SmackDown, they close SmackDown. The end of SmackDown is a promo between the two of them, the title coronation for Becky and Greg, I just thought it was one of the, her best. It's her best week in the WWE, in my opinion, and really some of the best work being done, period. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely her best week since the last time um, she won the SmackDown Women's Championship. But even more than that, I think I, li- I think you're right. She She definitely needed this change in her character, too. And I think, so Becky's definitely the heel still. She's definitely the bad guy. It's all right to boo the bad, to cheer for the um, the bad guy. But I think that this change that WWE made to to her character was necessary because, you know, with the way she is now, 
and the tweaks they've been making, then she really could be on her way to being like this female um, Stone Cold Steve Austin that people are, are, you know, making her out to be. Because the corny, happy-go-lucky Becky Lynch um, wasn't wasn't close enough to the to the tweener category to be able to like flip sides like this. Now this Beck, this version of Becky Lynch could easily be a baby face and also be a heel. And I think that having that in her arsenal um, as a character is, is much more beneficial. Yeah, I agree with you. I think she could be there, but I think right now she is a pure bad guy. Um, I know we've had a lot of debate about that for among our audience, but yeah, she could get cheered again. Uh, and by the way, you know who else? Charlotte deserves credit in this too. Um, because it's not easy being in Charlotte's role, you know, and, and actually playing it to the, the right way where people actually sympathize with you because people these days want to just cheer the heel. That is the way people think. And when you're someone like Charlotte who's become like this perennial player, she's always in the mix. She's always got the title or near the title. It's easy to almost gain resentment for no real fault of your own. And I think she's had to do really good, credible work to allow Becky to be the bad guy that she's been. And I think they've both just done a really great job that they should be proud of. Um, this is a fun, fun story. I'm curious to where it ends up playing out for her. In the long run, because Becky really, you know, and, and, and even, you know, babyface Becky, she only, she didn't have that much in her character. It was just, oh, that's really it. You know, she had an upbeat song and she came in and swung around for the crowd. And But who was she? And now she's allowed to really be something and you're just getting so much from her. Now, here's my question, Greg. Um... We need, I'm sure this episode will be named after Becky. What is the play on her name that we name this episode? And invariably, we're going to get an email with someone suggesting something better than we already came up with, but we will have already <laughs> named course. it. Got to be something with Lass, right? Oh, I, I wasn't even thinking Lass. That's a good point. Uh, last has to be in there somewhere. My first, my last, my everything. Um, <laughs> okay. Last. Um, Becky's. What if it's a play on? But Becky's last, last stand. No, I was gonna play more on like what's the Sir Mix a Lot thing? Oh, the, the the last stand is a good one. The last stand. We could do that. What about? That's a good. That's decent. Becky. Oh my God. Look at her heel turn. Belt. No, it doesn't work. Oh, my God. Look at her strut. No. Well, it's unfortunate. Someone's going to send us a good one when it's too late. What does linchpin lynch mean again? Linchpin? Yeah. Isn't that like the thing that holds um, something together? Yeah, but people, what, what does it mean in like American slang? Hold on. Lynchpin. It's actually spelled L I N C H. A person. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I think this works, Greg. Lynchpin. L I N C H P I N. 
a person or thing vital to an enterprise or organization? I think we got it. Smackdown's We got to fix Smackdown's fix Smackdown's linchpin or just the linchpin or just linchpin I think just linchpin because I'll tell you right now as good as Smackdown is right in this moment it's hers and part of that will play into what we'll get to and we'll jump ahead we could jump ahead to it right now Greg and that would be a rough outing in the uh, Brian Mizanin match. Wasn't for who? A rough outing for who? <laughs> the Mizanins, I'm sure, are happy with the way that match turned out. Yeah, well, they, they they might be happy with the result. Would they be happy if they had to watch it on TV? Probably not. It was not. It was not a moment that I think you'll be replaying in in someone's in Miz or Daniel Bryan's Hall of Fame uh, induction. Was it supposed to be though? I think everybody was in agreement that this was like a stop along the way. Okay, absolutely. In the story, it, and it absolutely was. But at the same time, it was. Rep- it didn't have to feel like that. Is that what you? T- <laughs> no, no. It, it 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 did have to feel like that. It was going to be that. However. It also, like, I, I used to really, I, this is going to sound harsh, and I'm not saying she's incapable anymore, but, like, I used to really like Maurice in ring. And it was just a little rough, no? I think she did all right, though. I think she played her role. Out of everybody, she played her role the best. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking more at the physical part. The physical part I thought was kind of rough. Yeah, but she wasn't she wasn't there to get physical at all. She was there to do the one thing that she did at the end, which was pull a surprise win. And, uh, and you thought that part was done well? Um, I did. The, the, did you see the way she um, reversed that pin attempt that um, that Brie had? I mean, she didn't do it because like Brie hit it with the roll up, but instead of like rolling through like everybody else, she actually went for the leg. Pulled the leg out from under her and then hooked that same leg to get the three count. Yeah, I know she did it differently. Was, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, that was smooth. That was smooth. I thought. I'm gonna pull it up right now because I remember thinking it also looked a little iffy. Um, and look, I know I'm giving her a mad credit for like one thing. I mean, you there's there's a chance you get utterly destroyed for this conversation we're even I'm having. giving her a ton of credit for the one thing that she did, but at the same time like I said, but there was other things sort of there understood other things. that she, she was there to she, do the one she thing. Did she did do other things throughout that match that weren't necessarily done as effectively. That wasn't her first time being physical in the match. Did you see Yeah, but that was basically all her offense though. Okay, I know, but like there's but there's more than offense. Did you, for example, watch her receive the yes kicks? I did. And you liked that? I mean, I feel like that part wasn't on her, though. Like, that was all, that was the both of them. Her and Brie. I don't know, man. I think there's only one, I think there's only one person who has to do real work there. <laughs> all you gotta do, <laughs> the kicks are all the same. I mean, I don't know everything. All right, I'm watching the roll up now that Greg was so, like, to praise so much. I mean, not, it still took so long for her to get there. 
She slides through, which is interesting. But then how long? Okay, Greg, there's like eight steps. She, the roll-up happens. She's uh, she's pinned. Then she slides under, which is interesting. And I wish she just held it there. She then reaches, then grabs the second. She reaches for the tights, though. She has to reach for the tights. She can't get a fair win. No, but she doesn't. She goes for the second leg. She gets her second leg, and then she rolls them over. Oh, yeah, then gets the tight. It's just a lot. Go, go, go. I I ask you to go back and watch it. It's It wasn't pretty. Um, I, I don't think in the long run, I don't think in the long run it particularly matters. Um... You know, the beautiful part about wrestling is, is when there's a part of a story that you're not necessarily in love with, but you love the overarching story, you can get to that point and then go back and just remember the Miz and her celebrating on the ramp and everything else isn't as important. But, um, I don't expect Maurice at the top of the PWI 500 next year. Um, I know I sound like a really, <laughs> I know I sound like a real bad smarky smark. Smarky, smarky smarks. Um, but yeah. Did you enjoy it? So you were okay with this match? Yeah, I was, I was just okay with it though. Just okay with it. It didn't, it didn't blow me away. But, um, but like I said, I thought, I just went into it assuming that this was going to be a stop along the way in the greater Daniel Bryan Miz story. So as that, then I was fine with it. What about Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss? That one we need to have a dialogue about. Uh oh. Because I feel like I feel like that one went on way too long. Long to go. SGG. Let's take a look. I'm gonna tell you how long it went. Got started here at two hours and forty five minutes in. And it ended at It was only it was like thirteen minutes or so. Too long. Too long. They they mm-mm, mm-mm. that match could have been half of that. Um, why do you feel that way? Because it dragged like the whole way through. There was just a lot, and I I, I know why they did it. You know, you want Alexa Bliss to look strong, and you know you don't want. You don't want to give the premier women's title a five-minute match, but um, I feel like a bunch of things, a bunch of factors dictated that they deserve the five-minute match. One, Ronda Rousey's skill set, um, you know, how much they're playing Ronda Rousey up to be the baddest woman on the planet. She should have disposed of Alexa Bliss in in five minutes. Well, I don't agree with that part at all. Um, I, I don't see any reason why a, a woman who's beaten the entire division can't last with Ronda Rousey. I know she's supposed to be dominant. I don't see I, – I, to me, that's not why the match drags because 13 minutes to me shouldn't be too long. To me, 13 minutes – It is, felt like 13 minutes after the third minute though. Like, well, but they, that, they, that may be more an indication of, of people uh, – you know, maybe Ronda's not ready to have matches like that. Um, I, right. With in, in, but in which case they she doesn't have to and they could still like make it make it believable like she could have they didn't have to it, it really was a lot and I know part of it was her selling this injury and that was something I was supposed to give 
Alexa Bliss a little bit of an edge, but that match dragged. It really did. And I, I hate the way that Ronda does that arm bar where you can see their arm is fully bent. Well, yeah, and that, like and that's my point though is just that you, you, you're, you have every, I'm not arguing about whether or not it dragged. I'd be more likely to argue that the reason it dragged is just simply the length of time. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, and was it more about that or was it just about that they admit the chemistry not being there? Um, I do like though that they at least started the process, which is gonna, here's the problem. You're bringing in someone who's such a star that she's already gonna be in really important matches as she's learning to have matches. So like, right. it, it's a rare sort of circumstance that we've only had a few times where someone comes in is such a big star and they're a champion and now they have a marquee spot on a, a pay-per-view and they're still really new. I'm trying to go through the match a little bit more right now. And now it's and that, tough. It's, it's and, <laughs> and now Greg, what are you hearing about Alexa Bliss? Um apparently she suffered a left arm injury. Um Supposedly there's some numbness in her left arm. And I'm not sure which arm it was that she got that she um that Rhonda had in that arm bar. I think it was her right arm actually, but it doesn't matter. Her left arm supposedly has been a little bit numb and um she may still be on TV but in more of a managerial role while she um rests and nurses that injury. Hmm. Well, I would say that's a bummer. Well, it is a bummer. Obviously, I don't want Alexa uh, to be hurt at all. But from a story standpoint and from a where things are on TV standpoint, um, the timing may not be terrible in that were they supposed to have a rematch at Super Showdown or they weren't announced for it yet? I don't think they were announced for anything at Super Showdown yet. So, but um, Alexa doesn't but there's have so anything many for shows a, coming up. Right, but Alexa doesn't have anything then for a month. Right. And frankly, after she gets beaten a second time, what uh, what is there for for them to do right now? Except for her sort of disappear a bit. Yeah, well, she's going to roll into Evolution. WWE. I believe she was announced for Evolution with Trish Stratus. Oh yeah, and we already knew that Ronda's in the 6-man with the Bellas against the Riot Squad. Yeah, that's right. So, in that sense, convenient. Um, and I still maintain, you know, Rhonda, Rhonda still does some things, I, you know, like she really, it's funny, I do not like Rhonda on the mic, but I love how she sells with her face during a match. Yeah. And that, like, that I'll give her. The way she sold that rib injury was... You know, almost masterful. Um, and I'm saying almost just because she's only been there for a few months and you don't want to say, you know, you don't want to heap that much praise on somebody who's still, still sort of green in the, in a pro wrestling ring, but it, it, it was, it was really well done. What a tease on Monday when, uh, Rhonda called out the locker room and Natty's music hit 
And it was just a setup, though, for the match with the six man. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought it. I thought we were about to get Natty versus Ronda. What I did not like during this match was when Ronda was when, when, uh, Alexa had her by the throat and then Ronda just like growled in her face. Yeah. I'm just not into that being that intimidating. Um, I know she's Ronda Rousey and her punches should be intimidating. Um, but let's not forget, you know, again, I've said this a million times, Alexa's been in there with everybody. And she's held her own with everybody. And she, um, and she's, and she finds a way one way or the other. And of course she instantaneously taps once the arm bar is locked in. Um, okay. So, uh, speedy recovery to, uh, Lexi Kaufman. Had an awkward moment this week, which Alexa wanted to text you, Greg, but I'll just tell you on my own. She realized she didn't have your number. She was disappointed. <clears throat> I I texted Alexa Bliss, and I said, hey, just wanted to check in on you, blah, 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 blah. And she said... Wait for it. She you texted Alexa Bliss now. I, te- I, I, I seemingly texted Alexa you, Bliss. Did you mean to text your Alexa? Just hold on, Greg. Don't don't run okay. the story before it happens, okay? I texted Alexa Bliss and I say, I said, hey, are you okay? I, I heard that you were hurt. She wrote, yeah, what? I said, yeah, it said you skipped Mixed Match Challenge or something. I said, then again, I also read that Jeff Hardy was hurt and he was next to me in, in the locker room afterwards. And she said, she says, you're so cute. I'm fine. Aren't you supposed to be repenting? I wrote, I am. I'm fasting and at the gym, but you're allowed to check on your friends. Said also, Bear had mini surgery today. He's okay. They said he's recovering. To which she replied, this is your wife, period. <laughs> it was repug. So I w- I have to admit, I was surprised. It seemed un like that she randomly dropped a "You're so cute" in mid conversation. Listen, okay, <laughs> I was surprised by that, but I let it go. I wasn't offended. I didn't consider it sexual harassment. I was okay with it. And then my and then when I read "This is your wife," I immediately felt like this. Oh my god. <laughs> because, uh, even though, of course, I was nothing but appropriate, it still inherently makes you feel weird when you know that your, your, your wife knows that you thought you were talking to another woman. So then I followed that up by saying this. All that aggression inside you, you chose to take it out on an inanimate object. And not only an inanimate object. Hey, shut up! Shut your mouth! It was too late by that point, though. In real life, you can't just yell, shut up, shut your mouths. Another man. Boo-boo is a great start over. Waiting anxiously with anticipation. His name is Jeff Harvey. Hardy. So, my wife thought that was pretty funny, as did Alexa Bliss when I told her later. So that's right. Be careful. And I really shouldn't have gotten it wrong considering 
Alexa, my wife, has hearts around her name in my phone. I was just going to ask you that. Are there no emojis that were supposed to like... Alexa has heart, Alexa, heart, and her picture. <laughs> Alexis Kaufman says her name is Lexi. It says Lexi Kaufman in my phone. So not even Alexa... You know what? I gotta put a. I'm putting a picture in right now. She's got to have a photo. This one's on you. Like every, you did everything to not let that happen, and it still happened. This one's on you. Oh no, no, you're 100 percent right about that. I certainly don't have someone to blame. Um, all right, as she- no, you do. You blame you. We blame you. Oh, you're being more specific. You're saying there is someone to blame and that person is me. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I wonder if adding a picture of Alexa Bliss makes it better or worse. Does it make it less likely or more likely that I make the mistake? (laughs) That part doesn't help either. They look like remotely similar. Just remotely, though. Here's a picture. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I found one. <laughs> it's her shooting daggers at me in a uh, in an interview on Raw Talk at some point. All right, perfect. We've solved the problem here together, guys. All right, let's talk about something really positive, and that was uh, speaking of the Seth fail I just played, the Shield versus um, Dolph and Drew. Which man, that crowd was hot for that match, SGG. How to play on yeah. TV. Yeah. Uh, that was an, that came off as an incredible match. And I know we both are in agreement that the, the opener stole the show. Oh, and, um, and also, by the way, and before even that, I want to say, uh, the new day, Rusev day was tremendous on the kickoff show yeah. too. Yeah. Major. It really was. Um, so yeah, yeah but- and then, and then the Hardy match is great. But this tag match, Greg, that was to me the hottest the crowd was all night. M- 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 yeah, this match definitely. If there's a if there's a match that you would have to say that wasn't the or in Hardy Hell in a Cell that was the show stealer, it got to be this one. Like it has to be this one. This one was everything was was done very well. Yeah, just a good old fashioned tag match. Now, uh, unfortunately, it wouldn't be the final time that we would see. Um, the shield because they would come out and gallivant on top of the cell for about 30 minutes, which led to my program director at the station, Ryan, his son actually said to him, dad, what are, what are Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns doing while they're wrestling on top of the cell? (laughs) Which is what a lot of us were thinking. I was not sure about that. SGG. I was very confused. Yeah. I mean, they needed a nap, I guess. A night, yeah, about 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The monster Listen, among men, the monster among men, a man who was once uh, tipped over an aircraft carrier, body slammed the Statue of Liberty. Okay, he's <laughs> beaten a dinosaur. He beat a Brachiosaurus one on one in a Falls Count Anywhere match. For some Didn't reason, he get hit with a car and like walk away. Yeah, but this table spot took him out for twenty minutes. Nap time. And then, and then I also just hated 
I hated that they bothered having Seth and um, Dolph do that spot off the side of the cell. Yeah, but I, I'm not gonna lie. I love that spot though. You, um, you thought it worked well there? No, but I like that we got it though. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think they needed to. I didn't think they really needed the the shield and um, Zigmac in there at all, really. But I, I, I we got them, so I might as well use them. And I like that spot when it was Seth and Dean who did it a couple of years ago. Um, this one just looked so planned. It's, I mean, I, we all know, I know, but like, it looks like they're like one, two, three, drop. <laughs> that spot's just so tough. It just doesn't seem worth it. You know, I, I gotta tell you, I've lost the luster of the cell when it comes to people flying off of it is kind of gone, man. Especially when the thing that you constantly reference about it, particularly last week, is Mick Foley. And Mick Foley's way of doing it is so nothing like what you get now with these spots. And I'm not blaming anyone. I wouldn't be caught dead jumping off of a cell. But when you're comparing it to Foley, who was tossed, literally tossed, and went head first diving off of the cell. <laughs> and then went completely through it by accident onto his back. And then you compare that to, like, really rational people like easing their way off of it. I don't know, man. It just feels like unnecessary risk. It's like all risk, very little reward in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to disagree with that. Not even going to lie to you. It's very hard to disagree with that. But with that said, though, it was nice to see somebody go through the announce table. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, an announce table spot. I know that's a low bar, but whatever. Yeah, dude. I mean, an announce table spot. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen, you know, Bad News Barrett take a table spot on a random Monday. But sure. Um, also, I will tell you what. I enjoyed the surprise Brock appearance. I popped for it. I didn't expect it. I my favorite part of that match was him walking up the door. Yeah, that was fire. But if you're gonna have the Brock appearance, you also needed everything else. Just seemed like a bit much. Yeah, and that's why I say, like, you know, once they were out there, I was fine with everything that they did, but they didn't need to come out there at all. Um, Seth, Dean, Dolph, and Drew, uh, they could have stayed in the back. That Brock appearance could have been its own thing, and him destroying everyone could have been its own thing. But also, I feel like with him destroying everyone... There still should have been a finish. Agreed. Does that, does that make sense? Like, I feel like he, everything that they did should have been exactly the same. And then he drags Roman. Agreed. On top of Braun, have Roman win, and then send Paul Heyman out there on Monday, or, you know, Paul Heyman could have done it. it no, no, he, that by night the way, or whatever. By the way, it's, it's an easy explanation. He could literally yeah. drag him on top and just stare at him afterwards and be like, you're mine. You know, it's exactly it, it, it goes without saying you'd rather beat the guy who beat you. Of course, Brock yeah. would rather beat the guy who beat him. So, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I don't see why, you know, as Goldstein pointed Especially, out, it was just such a it was just so it was so TNA and like late, you know, a uh, black and red 
NWO WCW booking at the end. Yeah. Especially when we just had a cell match where like the ref tried to end it and Randy Orton was like, no, <laughs> do your job. It's that simple. Granted, Foley was out, but another ref running down just to stop everything. I know. Yeah, no, you're, 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 I feel the exact, I feel the exact same way. It was just not, uh, what I wanted from that match. And I don't see how it particularly furthers this. I mean, I guess we'll get like a triple threat match now or something. Yeah, Crown Jewel. Um, is that announced already is, for Crown Jewel? Yes, it was announced on Monday as the main event for Crown Jewel, which phew, that in itself is insane because they go from Hell in a Cell, which just happened, to Evolution. No, excuse me, to Super Showdown, to Evolution, to Crown Jewel. It's like... And if I'm not mistaken, Crown Jewel is just a few days after Evolution. I think Evolution is the Sunday, and then the Crown Jewel is that Friday. It's November second in in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. It's crazy, just the the string of shows. And I, you know, granted, you know they can do Evolution and Crown Jewel in such close proximity because one. is advertised as being all female, and the other one will be all female. male. Yeah, like they're not gonna say they're not gonna say that, but it definitely will be because I don't see what would have changed between um, this and the Greatest Royal Rumble. But exactly, it, it's I'll tell you what it is an unbelievable time in terms of the amount of content they're putting out, and I don't know how long. My guess is this is not, I mean, I know we had, they have the Saudi Arabia deal for a while, but I can't see them keeping up this sort of pace. I mean, it's just crazy from a travel standpoint. This is so much work, both to be on the network. You know, will they play out like pay-per-views or will they play out more like, um, televised house shows? We'll see. SUG, did you enjoy, um, we'll end it here with, uh, the pay-per-view. Did you enjoy Samoa Joe? And AJ Styles. I did. And I got to say, that finish is one of my favorite finishes in in wrestling. That, like, sleeper into the roll-up. Um, I loved it when Brett did it against Piper. I loved it when he brought it back for Austin. I loved it when Kyrie Sane did it. And now to see AJ do it, I just think it's so... It's just, like, a it's so, so great from a technical standpoint. And um, I love Samoa Joe's reaction to it. And, you know, not to speed us up too far ahead, but I love on Tuesday how AJ, without saying that he tapped, is just like, yeah, I did it. Like, so what? You know, I'm still the champ, but I'll I'll be better at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the ref saved him. Yeah, I thought it was a great way to keep this thing going. Plus, their matches together are just always really good. Um, also, it's time for us to get into the Black Power rankings. But fur, but but fur, but first, some words from our sponsor. Flap, Pustule, Jowls, Nugget, Gurgle, Smear, Curd, Bulbous, Tender, Dongle, Pork, and Moist. Whether you're a construction worker, warehouse worker, or frankly a radio host like me, 
If you hear certain words on the job site, it can be uncomfortable. So at least get work gear that is comfortable. Timberland Pro work shirts, pants, and boots. Head to toe. Timberland Pro. Not uncomfortable. And tonight's GP is also brought to you by J.C. Penny. Guys, at J.C. Penny, you can find all the great looks, whether you're in the office or on the go. Raise your game with the collection by Michael Strahan. Or relax and look good on the weekends with MSX by Michael Strahan. Exclusively at J.C. Penny. J.C. Penny, style and value for all. All right, SGG. You know what it's time for? Black Power Ranking. That's right. What do you have, my friend? All right. In at number three, I'm going to give it to Cedric Alexander. Um, just for his work on 12.5 Live, but also, most importantly, honestly, for one spot. Um, it was him and Drew Gulak, and he did a suplex spot that started in the ring and ended outside of the ring. And I'm not even going to try to describe it beyond saying that it was incredible, and you'll know it when you see it. And you can see it on the latest episode of 205 Live. Um, it was that good that it catapulted him right into that number three bronze medal spot. Wow. On the Black Power Rankings. Um Let's see if another let's see if two. another two oh five live guy makes it this week. Well, um prophetic Peter has spoken and in the number two is Leo Rush. Mage. Um, his work on Monday Night Raw, he's just proven his worth as uh Bobby Lashley's manager um instantly. Uh great on commentary and also his athleticism on display, just leapfrogging over everybody on Monday. Highly entertaining and um I'm very intrigued to see where this one goes. And then in a number one, Ricochet, the one and only. Wow. Uh, had a champion had a champion versus champion match um last night's episode of NXT against the WWE UK champion, Pete Dunn. Both titles were on the line. And they were they were putting on a clinic. Uh, it was a it was a great match. The pacing was perfect. Um, everything was building perfectly. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but um, go watch that match and go see why he was number one on this week's Black Power Rankings. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the Black Power Rankings. It's professional wrestling. And then from that, we go right to everyone's new favorite. Male. Reed writes us, Aloha Mage One and SGG. Excuse me, everyone. That wasn't professional. I have a cough button here. See how much better that was? Okay. (laughs) Writing you from the 808, huge fan of the show. Since you and that no good rotten trader, the maker of shoes, started my favorite podcast, instantly overtaking the literal BS podcast by that L.A. living Boston sports guy. Besides SGG's Bret Hart debate with Brian Campbell and placing Seth Rollins in the top five, I was in disbelief that you left Vincent Kennedy McMahon off the heel Rushmore. Can't wait to hear your thoughts, and I will unsubscribe from the Masked Man show if you read my email on the show. 
Stay mage and enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Mahalo, Reed. Well, you don't have to unsubscribe, Reed, but um, there's no doubt about it that that is a totally reasonable claim. He's been he's been the bad guy for so many great good guys. Nemesis for uh, Hogan, of course. The nemesis for Austin. The nemesis for um, Donald Trump, of course. <laughs> um, the nemesis for Eric Bischoff when Eric Bischoff was running a completely different company. Do you remember those days of Eric Bischoff challenging Vince like Vince was ever going to show up on a the nemesis? Ne- nemesis, of, the ne- of course, the nemesis for his wife, the nemesis for his daughter. Um. Him and Shane being the regular nemesis, 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 the nemesis for um, DX. The guy's just simply been the uh, the ultimate bad guy for the last, I don't know, 20 years. So, yeah. But isn't he almost sort of disqualified, though? Why? How, why? Because it's Vince McMahon. Like, it's his company. It's his show. I'm not saying that anybody could have done it. But, you know, with the scales already tipped so far in his favor, isn't it almost sort of disqualifying to have? Isn't it like like the argument for why, even though he's definitely a WWE Hall of Famer, why he's not already in there? It's because, like, he's disqualified. Yeah. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but just because, like, I hear you. He's the boss. I hear you. All right. Um, T. Adkins writes us. Mail. What's up, boys? Watch Hell in a Cell last night. I thought it was actually a good show. And Pete, I thought you killed it on the pre-show. But this email has nothing to do with that. I have some outside the ring news. This morning, I'm watching live with Kelly and Ryan at work and Andy Cohen's filling in. Twice after coming out, he referred to the crowd reaction as mage. And Kelly laughed about it as if it was their own inside joke. What's the deal? Is he an unsung member of the JWO, part of the peanut gallery? Where does he get the right? Is he unaffiliated? How do you feel about this? Does the peanut gallery have a new heel to go nuts on? Well, I... <laughs> it was Repug. Um, I believe he certainly got no permission from me. Mage. Or Dipperstein. The majesty. So, to me... This is repug that this is happening. And I believe that everyone in the cheap heat universe should be writing, should be adding, uh, Andy Cohen on Twitter and demand that he either cease immediately with using the term mage or invite me on one of his many platforms so we can discuss this like gentlemen. Because this is repug. We have Mage on shirts, guys. Everyone knows this is history. That's definitely ours. He has no right. Mage. He's at Andy on Twitter, too, for everybody that's going to join us in this. I don't want to say protest, but this is a reckoning. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't want anyone to say anything offensive or mean, but just a man that at Andy recognize that he can't just willy-nilly start using mage and think he invented it because he is sadly sadly mistaken and um this is where the big boys play huh 
Look at the adjective. Play. So you know what that means. <laughs> Look at the adjective. So Yazen Abed writes us. Mail. I feel like this person's emailed us before. He has. We're getting to a lot of repeats, guys. I need new. Can you just, can the repeats lay off for a while so I make sure I get to the new ones? Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. But if you've gotten them read before, give it, give it a few weeks off so I know I get to the new people. But now I've already started Yazen's and he says, thanks for putting me over and giving me the rub last month on my hip hop WrestleMania card. He does deserve another one. That was tremendous. I figured off the heels of having a WWE themed open late that it would be interesting to see if current WWE superstars had hip hop counterparts. I've only had a few come to mind, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. The New Day and Migos. Three guys, three guys who clearly have a lot of fun working together. Arguably one of the best groups in hip hop today and the best trio in WWE. Sorry, Shield Marks. Each member of both teams has had success on their own, but when they're together, they make hits. Well, the only problem is we haven't seen takeoff yet. Although, Xavier Woods hasn't had success in uh, in WWE by himself either. He's really never even had a run on his own. So, that's actually a good comparison. Carmella and Cardi B. They both rose to prominence through unconventional means. Carmella was a dancer. Cardi was also, well, a dancer. Both of them became the best female performer at one time and did it with a ton of haters and detractors. And they both love interacting with salty fans online. And having a fun time while doing it. I gotta tell you, that one's really good. I like where he's going so far. Samoa Joe and Fat Joe. No real comparison here. I just want to cheat pop. Um, John Cena and Jay-Z. Both can be considered the greatest to ever do it in their craft. Both of them have moved away from the profession that made them famous and found success elsewhere. Cena with movies, Hove with Rock Nation title, etc. But when both make their returns, you know it's going to be fire and people are going to talk about it. It's a good comparison. Um, the Miz and Kanye West. Two guys from the Midwest who went Hollywood and married supermodel wives. Each of them is arguably the most hated in their profession, but you can't deny the talent they both have. It has become cool to love to hate them both. Love to hear what you guys have to say. And if you have any others, by the way, the Peckerheads here in Toronto await the rival of the Majesty. The majesty. Next summer for cheap heat and greet. Just like that quote in Field of Dreams, if you build it, the Peckerheads will stay mage and enjoy themselves. Yazen and Toronto. His his at is Yazeni B not I don't even know why I tried. Yeah, you should have just spelled it. You should have just spelled it. Y A Z let's see if one person tweets him off of this. He's at Y A Z E N I B N Y A H I A rolls right off the tongue that Twitter at. Hopefully someone will find you there, Yazen. Thank you, bud. Dominic writes us. Mail. Undertaker's now dropped two in ring promos for the Super Showdown versus Triple H in Australia. John Cena called him out weekly during the road to WrestleMania. Do <laughs> do something and nothing. We didn't hear from or see The Undertaker until his music hit halfway through WrestleMania. Undertaker makes the effort to promote an Australia house show, but doesn't have the decency to answer Cena's challenge for freaking WrestleMania. WrestleMania? In the words of the hurricane, what's up with that? Dom, Minneapolis, 
phenomenal email. Couldn't be more true. Samuel writes us, uh, SGG. Mail. Greetings, your majesty and the statless wonder. Wondering if you, your wife, and Bear are heading back to the most beautiful city in the world for SmackDown 1000. My Mark buddies and I would be siced to get some delicious squares of Litos. <laughs> Not joning on Pequods, but you know it's better. Also, which local DMV wrestler do you think will show up slash get the biggest pop? Batista, Leo Rush, that Bama James Ellsworth? Maybe Velveteen Dream will make his main roster appearance. Perhaps even the Donald? Anyway, don't forget the DMV. Sam and EJ. This is a mage email because for those of you who don't understand, I'll explain to you the cheap DC pops he's going for. Um, first, he says, uh, my buddies and I would be siced. Greg, do you know the slang siced? I do not. Siced is a DC term. And honestly, it's the same thing as psyched. But it's siced. I heard psyched. But. It's S-I-C-E-D. Siced. Yo, he was siced. Um, siced is big slang. Everyone, let's see if Alexa uses siced. Sometimes I like being, I, I'm not always sure. This really amuses me. Like what DC slang Alexa knows. Because we have different DC upbringings, of course. Why is that an of course? Because I'm from, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Why is that an of course? A, I'm older than her. B, I'm okay. So y'all watch different cartoons, but still, does it? Good point. Take good it point. Of course, territory. Good. That's a very fair point. Uh, more importantly, I suppose she's from out. She's from like a different part of Montgomery County than I'm from. Okay. See, that might make it. Of course. Hey guys, Alexa here. Sorry, I couldn't. Damn it. Leave a message. Um, she's, I'm a, she must be sleeping after getting home from work and waiting for her food to come. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious. Cause like, yeah, she went to Magruder. I went to BCC. It's just different places. And like, you know, I was probably more, um, I don't know. I don't know if I was more in touch with DC stuff. I don't know. So he said, first of all, me and my Mark buddies would be siced. Then he says delicious squares of Lido's. I probably have talked to I oh I de- I did a show yeah. from Lido's. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. We had the show from Lido's, so you all know that. That's DC. Then he says that Bama James Ellsworth. I know you've heard the term Bama, right? I have. All right, Bama. I didn't realize that was like DMV slang though. Oh yeah, Bama's DC slang DC slang also. So he hits you with the um siced Lido's. And Bama. I forgot Velveteen's DC too, huh? I did as well. Yeah. Um, well, listen, it's interesting. I, I, it's gotta be Batista. But like, I don't know, but honestly, Batista's only gonna get a slightly bigger pop in DC than he'd get anywhere else. I mean, it's Batista. Him coming back's a big deal. Especially to SmackDown 1000 where he should be. No matter what. He's one of the biggest stars in the history of SmackDown. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of DMV up there right now. No, I was not planning on coming, though I, I'd like to. It's just tough on a midweek. You know? If they did some sort of kickoff show for SmackDown 1000 in DC, I would love that. Um, but I can't imagine they're taking it that seriously. Um, although you never know what the future of SmackDown. 
Um, here, Phil writes us SGG. Maybe you can help this guy. Mail. Dear Mr. Enjoy Yourself and SGG, Phil from Edinburgh, Scotland again. Keep it short and sweet. I really struggle to watch WWE now, as barely anything exciting and unpredictable happens anymore. In your esteemed opinions, please give me a few reasons to keep watching instead of just keeping up via podcast. Stay mage, Phil. P.S. Check out my email below about the return of Fufu Shmashma. <laughs> um, I'll tell you right now, you know, Becky Lynch. I can't do justice by telling you about Becky Lynch. You have to see, in my opinion, you have to see what she's doing. Even though it's been disappointing maybe with how they're getting there, I, you have to eventually see the payoff of Daniel Bryan and Miz. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I think certainly, um, NXT TV, you're getting a lot of reasons. The Gargano Ciampa story is a reason to watch. Seeing the emergence of young Leo Rush is a reason to watch. Um, Undisputed Era. Um, a Drew, but honestly too. Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre's progression and where he eventually ends up, I think will be fun to watch. Go ahead, Greg. Sorry. You know, I was going to say too, when you mentioned, um, Daniel Bryan and The Miz, I think that applies to a bunch of different storylines as as the reason to watch, honestly, because they're in the middle of telling so many different stories. And honestly, it's just like with a TV show that's halfway through a season or like a movie at its halfway point. This is right when there's that little lull anyway. So it's expected that you would feel like this, but they're in the middle of telling these stories. And if you care about where it's going to end up, then this is why you keep watching from week to week. Um, and Daniel Bryan and The Miz is the perfect example of that. Like, they had that mixed tag match that everybody knew was just, you know, a chapter in a bigger story. And we need this to get to where we're going to go. And that's that's the reason I keep watching, just to see how they get to the end. I, I, I think that's a good reason also. But I'm trying to think of uh, – sorry, while you were talking, I was also sitting here trying to think of just other reasons week to week. Um, I'd be excited to check out Renee on commentary if you haven't seen that. I also really love Graves on SmackDown. You know, he doesn't have as much room on um, Raw. But if you turn into tune into SmackDown, there's some good room for Graves to really be sort of the classic bad guy commentator, and I enjoy that too. I mean, listen, I'm probably a shill for this, but to me, there's still a lot of things to watch for. I'm not saying on a week-to-week basis, you're not going to have times when you're mad, but to pretend as if it's worse now than, like, it's ever been, it's way better now, in my opinion, than it was in, like, a lot of spots in 2007, 2008. Um, I think there's a lot more reason to watch. By the way, what about a few weeks ago? The New Day spot with Booker T was amazing. Um, Trish coming out oh, interrupting yeah. Elias was fun. This is this seems interesting. Andrew writes us mail. Tad morbid, but here we go. Watching the Emmys Monday with my wife, and in the in and the in memoriam segment comes on. And of course, I'm hoping to see a snippet of Anvil Neidhart. Of course, it's no surprise that he didn't make the cut. However, it got me thinking. Obviously, Hollywood and mainstream showbiz in general has always tried to keep wrestling as far away wrestling as far away as possible but shouldn't there be some recognition of it as entertainment trying to think of talent that would make the grade for an oscar slash emmy in memoriam 
upon their demise. And only Rock and Cena stand out. Parentheses, sorry, Hogan, you played yourself. (laughs) When a guy like Stone Cold should clearly make it for being one of the most engaging TV characters in the 90s. But I digress. The real question I came to was whether or not Vince makes the cut. On paper, it's a no-brainer. Pioneer in pay-per-view and live TV, leader of one of the longest-running, most successful TV TV series, and the driving force of one of the last bastions of live TV. But does all that outweigh the anti-wrestling bias in Hollywood? Sorry for the lengthy email, but I'd love to get your thoughts. Andrew in Minneapolis, wonderful email. And I will, I'll start by saying, um, I absolutely believe that when the time comes, hopefully a long time from now, Vince McMahon will get his, his moment during the Emmys. Um, I think it'll be unfortunate because he should have gotten, he should get it now and he should get something on the Emmys while he's alive. I really do feel that way. He absolutely deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, but I also believe, Greg, it would be impossible for them to not show love once he passes away in spite of the anti-bias. In fact, I would be disappointed if it simply came up on In Memoriam and no one talked about him. You know, he would be worthy of someone getting up and saying... And talking about the advent of pay-per-view and all those things, no? No, I, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm, I was, as he was reading that email, as you were reading that email, I was going back and forth in my head, um, about who else gets it or would get that nod. And I gotta be honest, Vince didn't pop up, even though he is probably the most obvious answer just because, um, I wasn't thinking about it either. He's been very innovative. He's been very innovative in that field of like television and entertainment and I feel like he has connections some of which who would slash should definitely stand up and say like you know while this guy was alive we shunned his company even though we've all you know strived to be like him and his company in some ways the least we could do is throw well, him you know, in, in it, memoriam it's just you know, I know the the Emmys are very holier than thou, particularly now. Um, you know, I'm curious if you look. Let's see, shows with the most Emmys. Um, shows that come up with lots of Emmys are The Simpsons, Frasier, Modern Family, Game of Thrones, Mad Men, West Wing, Cheers. NYPD Blue, House of Cards, L.A. Law, Sopranos. Um, you know, listen, it's uh, all in the family. Taxi. There are some high. There's some highfalutin stuff here, right? But even like the categories, though, right? They don't they don't have to be like best drama, best comedy, but like some of the production stuff? You mean tell me WWE can't get an Emmy for some of the live productions? Well, I would tell you right now, the editing work they do on their packages. Yeah, like... Now, how about this, Greg? Um, The show The Voice has won four 
primetime Emmys. And then tons of other um, primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards. Like, I'm sorry, guys. The the voice isn't highbrow TV. (laughs) I I know it's pretty, and you get famous people to host it, and Mark Burnett produces it. You know, I get it. First of all, Mark Burnett can eat it compared to Vince McMahon, in my opinion. Um, And this is probably where you start getting to the space where as a wrestling fan you get kind of offended because it's hard to not be offended that you simply don't think that our – form of entertainment is worth any accolade because to you it's stupid right you know and that's i i will say this this is the one area where i am likely to get offended because it's a judgment of of our actual form of entertainment that we love and i feel and i'm sure 90 percent of the people listening feel that even though there are moments when wrestling makes me embarrassed and cringe, and we've all had those over the years, lowbrow jokes, you know, inappropriate sort of stupid sexual innuendo, um, um, you know, being behind the times uh, on racial progress, lots of things that over the years you kind of turned and went, okay, we got to do better than this. <laughs> At the same time, I value the art of wrestling the way that people value the art of opera or Broadway or art in a museum. They value that as highbrow, important art that that thrills them. If the best opera performance in the world was happening in my backyard, I wouldn't go outside. In fact, I'd shut the door and close the blinds to the window. (laughs) Okay? So for you to decide that this thing that gets huge ratings all the time and has done really innovative things. Now, it would be one thing, Greg, if it was just like, you know, the show Ridiculousness. If it was just a show that, like, grabs crap from YouTube and puts it together and gets ratings, I understand why people would determine that to not be worthwhile. Because believe you me, there are plenty of things happening on broadcast television and the internet that is lowbrow trash. Believe me, I have to compete with them with my show Open Late, where we try to put together what's an actually pretty complete product. So I am aware that there are shows that get tons of views and are not remotely, have zero artistic integrity. But that's not what WWE is. Even though it can be lowbrow, it is also incredibly innovative. It requires an incredible amount of skill from the performers themselves. There are stories that are written out over time that are masterpieces. Not all of them, but some are masterpieces. Some get to a crescendo that make 80,000 people stand on their head because it's not as simple as um, some star's music hits. Sometimes the thing that makes us stand on our head is an amazing story that's told beautifully and carefully over time. And to think that that would never get any recognition from the precious Emmys, go f*** yourselves. How about that? How about that, Emmys? Preach. If you don't ever at some point recognize Vince McMahon for at least being an iconic power player in the medium of television, f*** 
yourself. You are looking down your nose for absolutely no reason because you think you're better than the people who consume the entertainment. Well, I'm here and SGG's here and the entire uh, cheap heat universe is all here to tell you you're not better than it. And in fact, many of your writers and most creative people all love the product. So it would be, to make a long story short, SGG, if God forbid there's an untimely passing of some of these wrestlers we're talking about, or even a timely passing, they certainly deserve their mention. Um, for their accolades within television, The Rock certainly would deserve it. John Cena would certainly deserve it. Um, outside behavior excluded, Hulk Hogan would certainly deserve it. Ric Flair would deserve it. There are a lot of people who should be mentioned. Will they? I don't know. But the ultimate litmus test is Vince McMahon, who at some point deserves his due from uh, the Emmys. Yeah, and very well said, very complete statement. The only thing that I would add is that when you think about these TV shows that get handed out um, Emmys and all these awards every time awards season roll around, the WWE audience, like WWE caters to a wider audience than all of them. You have Great point. kids, men of all ages, women of all ages, um, diversity in terms of sexual orientation, uh, diversity in terms of race. And then you look at some of these other shows that are supposedly critically acclaimed and their audience is so much more narrow that you have to question their overall entertainment value in a way that you can't do with the WWF, uh, WWE, excuse me, in terms of their appeal, unless you're talking about the the lowbrow things that, you know, people would like well, to which mention. Which makes it ultimately classist, you know? Yeah. It, you know, and everyone, you know, obviously we're all very sensitive to um, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, and homophobia. But what about classism, which would obviously be something at play here because people des- determine it's low class to them. Anyways, what a phenomenal email to, to end this show. I appreciate that. RosenbergBeats at gmail.com, Rosenberg Radio, and at StatGuyGreg on the Twitter. SGG, do you have anything else before we wrap? Put a bow on this thing. Yeah, at Bravo Andy to let him know that he needs to speak to Rosenberg like a man about that word mage and his usage. Wait, oh, Andy Cohen, that's right, at yeah. Andy, that's <laughs> at right, Andy. don't forget guys, let Andy know the word mage, that need, there needs to be a conversation, I'm happy to go on his, uh, on his show, I'm happy to go talk about it, no problem, let's chat this thing up, let's work this out man, I don't yeah, want there to be any problems, I want everything to be good. It's not an issue right now, how he responds determines if there's an issue. And just like the 16 that come before you at Wrestle tw- at WrestleMania 25. Hey, Greg, do me a favor and um, Grammy Award winning tag team of the year, Jimmy and Jay Luto. You didn't know they won the Grammy, did you? I didn't. I did not. Another man. Who's been waiting anxiously with anticipation? His name is Jeff Harvey. Hardy. Can you believe that this year also, I mean, that this last week marked a year since Bobby the Brain passed already? What? Yes. No, I cannot. A year without Bobby the Brain already. I know, man. Absolutely crazy. SGG, do me a favor this weekend and, um, and stay mage. Oh yeah. And enjoy yourself.